Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. I'm declaring this a good gossip day. I don't, I don't really know if I have the power of like the declaration of a day, but maybe uh, we as a Faith Radio listening community, a Mornings with Carmen cavalry out there, um, we could make this good gossip day. Um, so, you know, let's redeem the tattletale. So uh, we, we actually, we, you know, we live out in the country. So one of the things we talk about from time to time with our kids is sort of an awareness of, you know, snakes. Uh, snakes are bad. And you need to alert other people. You need to you need to tell like this is something you need to tell. And so we have a little story in our family um, about the tattletale on the rattletail. Right. So, I mean, you know, we don't actually live in a place where there are rattlesnakes, but it makes the point. So tattle. So telling on um, on those things that are really, really harmful and, and bad is important. Right. It's important for kids to tell adults when something bad is happening or going on or there's a real threat. We also, however, need to be people who are get who get better at telling on people when they do good, right? So I want to sort of redeem the tattletale today, uh, and I want us to be looking for people who are doing good, discovering them, and then telling on them. I want there to be public declarations. I, this is gossip day, so not not gossip like that's. That's bad. But goss up. I want us to be telling about the good that we see. Mr. Rogers' neighborhood comes to mind here. Um, Won't you be the good neighbor today? You know, Jesus answers the question, who is my neighbor, by telling the story that we now know as the Good Samaritan. It's the one who shows mercy. There are lots of opportunities to show mercy today. So let me just give you a handful of, actually two handfuls, of good ideas to how you might be a neighbor indeed to a neighbor in need today. First of all, be sure you're checking on the elderly and others who maybe live alone or at high risk. Please check on those who are out of work. They have probably reached the end of their own resources, and so now is the time to reach out and help. Um, You could give them gift cards to food delivery services. If there are things that you know that you're getting, uh, when you do go out, be sure and pick up those items. Just drop them off on the porch. You You don't have to ask if people need the things that you know everybody needs right now. Check to see uh, what your local food bank needs. They are really stressed in some cases. So before you go to the grocery, check to see what the needs are at your local food bank. Make that drop off on your way home. Um, Also, have some care bags that are ready to hand out. It's a big gallon Ziploc bag with things that you know people need. So put some, you know, put some hand sanitizer in there if you've got some to spare. Um, uh, put some, um, you know, high protein bars in there, put a gift card in there. There are people um, who who could use that kind of handout and help up today. And so be sure you have those ready in your car to hand through your window with, of course, your mask and gloves on, right? All right, because we're going to protect one another. Deeds of, uh, deeds of love and acts of service. Um, I have a story here locally that a woman posted in my little neighborhood thing. She just called it Love Lifted Me. She saw a woman um, who was flagging down help on the road. And so a couple of guys stopped. Uh, what she needed help with was lifting a neighbor back into his wheelchair. 
So love, that's a love lifted me story. Um, there's a stop, drop, and pray story that's posted on social media right now. Just um, stopping and literally dropping to your knees and praying when you are in in view of um, of a first responder, the the lights go on on the ambulance going past you. Like stop and just drop what you're doing and and pray. All right, pray the perimeter around your local school or your local hospital or your neighborhood. Okay, you can actually do that while driving. It's great if you can get out and prayer walk. But if you can't get out and prayer walk, then go um, pray the perimeter around your local school, hospital, or neighborhood um, in your car. Like, take a drive and use it as a time to pray. Here are some ring and run ideas. I know when we were kids, we were told to not drop off things at people's porches and ring and run. But this is a ring and run season. Um, We have featured Sweet Monday here on the program before. Project Cupcake is a great Sweet Monday ring and run opportunity. Make something really tasty drop it off on a neighbor's porch, ring the doorbell, and run. There's also uh, kids across the country doing driveway chalk art projects in people's driveways. And then after the project is completed, they go and they ring the doorbell and they run away. And so people have these beautiful pieces of artwork in their driveways or on the sidewalks uh, in front of their houses. Messages of encouragement, passages of scripture, just beautiful artwork. Um, Noteworthy notes is another effort underway across the country. Write uh, not just a note, but a note that is noteworthy. I received a noteworthy note on a hand-painted postcard. Now, let me tell you, I've never gotten a hand-painted postcard before, but my friend has a lot of time on her hands, and she is hand-painting postcards and then sending them out with noteworthy notes, scripture on the back. Ribbons on trees is a great idea. Yard signs are of use right now. Flags of faith, waving at one another from our, uh, from our porches with flags, all those kinds of things. All right. So I want you to raise the alarm. If you see something, uh, I want you to say something. This is both a positive and a a negative acknowledgement. If you see something that strikes you as um, a sign of abuse going on inside of a household, it's time to raise the alarm about that. We are aware that abuse during quarantine is on the rise. Um, That is sort of the second layer of pandemic going on in the country right now. So raise the alarm. If you see something negative, please say something. Raise the alarm. But also, let's be uh, sharing the good news and goss up today. Like, tell the good news of what you see happening um, and continue to give us your good ideas here at Faith Radio. You can text me at 877-933-2484. You can always email me. We'd love to hear some good news stories from across the country, tangible things that are happening in your neighborhood or your neck of the woods, uh, tangible stories that we could share with others. And you could email those to Carmen at MyFaithRadio.com. Next up, I've got a good neighbor. Brian Mullahan. He is the Director of Development for the Salvation Army Northern District. We're going to be talking about uh, reaching neighbors through the Salvation Army during this time. They've got a, a hotline open that everyone's going to want to know about. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood. A neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? I know who goes before me. Joining me now, Brian Mullahan. He is the Director of Development for the Salvation Army Northern District. Welcome, sir. Good morning, Carmen. Thanks for having me on. Uh, well, thanks for being here. Um, so in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, the Salvation Army Northern District has introduced an emotional and spiritual care hotline. I want to give the number 877-220-4195. It's operating seven days a week. 
from 8 to 8 Central Time. Um, tell us about that. You know, this the word that keeps coming back to me is the word surreal. This all feels surreal. It is epic. It's unprecedented. And while we all are certainly, we're all in the same storm. We're going through this together. We are in different boats, though. And the pandemic is affecting people in wildly different ways. Certainly, if you're part of the literally hundreds of thousands of people here locally that the Army has served over the years that are already impacted by the effects of poverty, the pandemic is hitting you differently and odds are probably more deeply uh, than than others. And so this hotline is is our effort and attempt to simply meet people wherever they're at, provide them a, a listening ear, a word of encouragement, a moment of prayer, um, simply giving people a place where somebody will listen and encourage them because this is a really difficult, difficult time for folks. So again, um, we want to just keep highlighting the hotline number. This is the Salvation Army Northern District Emotional and Spiritual Care Hotline. That number is 877-220-4195. It's operating seven days a week, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Central Time. Um, Brian, uh, right now, this hotline is really, it's designed to service people in a particular geography. But the reality is anybody that calls is going to be served. Absolutely. This, the Salvation Army nationally, we serve close to 23 million people annually. So this particular hotline is for the upper Midwest 11 states. There are actually other hotlines for other parts of the country, but anybody can call. It is available 8 to 8, like you said. Um, it's staffed by trained Salvation Army officers, staff, and volunteers. And again, it's that opportunity to meet people where they're at. So whether you're, you know, already were feeling the effects of of poverty, uh, and now those are exasperated by the pandemic, or perhaps you are uh, new to the world of poverty and its effects because of the pandemic, we're expecting to see literally an entire new generation of poor coming to our doors as furloughs continue longer and more of them happen. This hotline is an opportunity to simply be be Christ to those who call. Love on them a bit. Again, I'm talking with Brian Mullahan. He's the Director of Development for the Salvation Army Northern District. He and I have to take a very brief break. When we come back, we're going to talk about... Um, what the Salvation Army is, the services that are offered through the Salvation Army. And as Brian has just described, we are expecting an entirely new generation of poor um, who will be find themselves in a very different kind of life on the other side of the challenges of this pandemic. So we're going to talk about how we as Christians in communities across the country um, can be prepared to respond to that new reality. That's all up next here on Mornings with Carmen. We My God, that is who you 
Continuing my conversation now with Brian Mulhan. He is the Director of Development for the Salvation Army Northern District. Part of our conversation has been about the hotline that is available in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. The Salvation Army Northern District has introduced an emotional and spiritual care hotline. That number is 877-220-4195, operating seven days a week, 8 to 8 Central Time. Again, that number is 877-220-4195. Brian, again, thank you for being here today. Uh, Remind us... Remind us what the Salvation Army is or who the Salvation Army is and what the Salvation Army does. Absolutely. So across for the Northern Division of the Salvation Army, it's Minnesota, North Dakota. We have got 59 different service centers across the two states. So we have services in every single county, every single zip code. We've got thrift stores. We have our adult rehabilitation center, which is addiction recovery, homeless shelters, housing programs, as well as nearly a dozen different community centers. All of those facilities are focused on helping and serving folks that are really primarily feeling the effects of poverty. So we have feeding programs. We have, as I mentioned, shelter and housing programs, addiction recovery programs. All of those things are done through a faith perspective. We are a Christian organization that's never a a quid pro quo. Nobody has to believe anything to receive services. We serve everybody without discrimination. But we do what we do because we feel called by God. We believe in the innate worth and dignity of every single person, and we seek to connect people with that by serving and being the hands and feet of Christ. When you said before the break that you all are anticipating an entirely new generation of uh, people experiencing poverty on the other side of this pandemic, I want you to talk a little bit about that. Um, And then maybe what has already changed for you at the Salvation Army in terms of those you're serving and how you're serving them in the last couple of months. It's uh, it really has been epic. And, And I'll put it in the context of some numbers. So Uh, Here in the Northern Division, last year we served 324,000 people. Most of those people would be people that I would describe, they they were already on the bubble. Okay, these were people that were working multiple jobs, kind of the, the working poor. What we've seen since the pandemic, all of our locations have seen on average between a five and six fold increase in demand for services. Some of our locations have seen that even as high as a 900% increase. Initially, in the first few weeks, it was basically the people that we were already serving, but they, they, were, they were showing up even more frequently because they were impacted first by furloughs and shelter and stay orders. Well, now we're starting to see new faces show up. We're starting to see the people that, if if you read the the latest stats, two-thirds of Americans are within two paychecks of losing everything. We're seeing those folks now showing up at our doorstep. And while it's 
it's it's uh, evictions have been put on hold and all of that. It's not as though those obligations have been forgiven. They've simply been delayed. And so we're expecting literally skyrocketing demand for our emergency financial services. We we always have over the years had dollars available to help people with utilities and and rent and transportation and some of those needs. It's always been relatively small pots of money at our different locations. We're expecting that we are going to have hundreds, if not thousands of folks showing up that say, look, I, I don't have a job. I haven't had a paycheck for weeks, yet I've got car payments, rent payments, all of that piling up. I need help. Let's um, let's just talk for a moment about um, being able to say those words at the very end of your statement. That mm-hmm. That is really hard for people to get to the place where they can say out loud, I need help. Um, how, how can we as just, you know, regular folks out here who know people who need help, um, how, how can we encourage them, share information with them, guide them toward services that are available and do so in a way that maintains their dignity? Carmen, I love how you started the top of the hour with your tell the good goss up ideas. The, the In particular, I really zeroed in on the ring and run. I think there's something to be said for we, we know more often than not what our neighbors need, what those people in kind of our circles of influence that God has put us in. We have a good sense of what's going on, generally speaking. I think there's an opportunity now for the body of Christ to follow the assumption, if you will. Okay, I, I assume that my neighbor might need a little extra loving right now. What could I just do to not and not wait for them to ask, but just what kind of help can I just offer? How can I make myself even vulnerable to my network? You know, I... I'm blessed right now. I'm still working. I'm still collecting a paycheck. My The boat that I'm in, in this storm, is probably more stable than most. Well, what can I still do to make myself vulnerable and share with those around me? Hey, you know, I'm still struggling. I still have had a tough day today. Show a little bit of of, of my vulnerability can sometimes help, I think, draw that out of somebody else, but just taking that step and offering that gift card, that bag of groceries, um, reaching out and calling somebody that maybe you haven't talked to for a while and just letting them know I'm here for you. Places like the Salvation Army are here for you. We've got this phone number you can call and and have somebody to, to just listen. I think we have to be uh, compassionately assertive in letting people know there's help out there. Okay, I love that. Be compassionately assertive. I'm writing that down um, because I I think that your your encouragement there that we don't wait for people to ask. 
We follow our assumptions because we know what yes. our neighbors need. We know who our neighbors are, who are in need. We know what they need. They need the same things we need. They just don't have the yes. resources right now um, to, to get those things. So go ahead and get two of whatever it is you're getting and leave it on the porch of somebody that you know needs the same things that you need right now and cannot right now um, in gather those things for themselves uh, for one limit, limiting reason or another. Um, thank you so much for being with us today, Brian. I hope you'll come back. It's been um, it's been a real pleasure to uh, to be introduced to you today. We want people to utilize the Salvation Army Northern Division Emotional and Spiritual Care Hotline. That number is 877-220-4195, operating seven days a week, 8 to 8 Central Time. Um, give us the website. Uh, it's just SalvationArmyNorth.org. Yes? Correct. SalvationArmyNorth.org, and you'll find additional resources there, all of the locations for our service centers across all of Minnesota and North Dakota will be listed there as well. All right. And I'm guessing that if we just go to SalvationArmy.org, if we live outside of Minnesota uh, and North Dakota, we can find the Salvation Army in our area. Correct. Actually, go to SalvationArmyUSA.org, and that'll give locations across the entire country. And then, yes, Minnesota, North Dakota, SalvationArmyNorth.org. Love it. Brian, thank you so much for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. Thank you, Carmen. God bless, my friend. Likewise. We'll be right back. All right. I'm just going to let uh, let my tease for the next segment go with this. Next up, the Queen of England. We'll be right back. This is Max Licato. The thief on the cross who hung next to Jesus prayed for grace. Jesus gave it. In doing so, Jesus affirmed our value to him. You're valuable, not because of what you do or what you've done, but simply because you are. You need to remember that. The next time some trickster tries to hang a bargain basement price tag on your self-worth, just think about the way Jesus honors you and smile. I do. I smile because I know I don't deserve a love like that. All of us, the purest of us, deserve heaven about as much as the thief on the cross did. All of us are signing on Jesus' credit card, not ours. And it also makes me smile to think that there's a grinning ex-con walking the golden streets who really knows more about grace than a thousand theologians. No one else would give him a prayer. But in the end, that's all he had. And in the end, that's all it took. This is Max Licato. My name is Bond, James Bond. Joining me now, I would like to say the Queen of England, but I'm going to say that what, who I have is David Aikman, editor of Godspeed magazine, and we are here with the Queen. So, David, will you um, let me play a very brief portion of the Queen's speech, and then uh, we can talk about it? Absolutely. Go ahead. Let us hear the Queen. This year, Easter will be different for many of us. But by keeping apart, we keep others safe. But Easter isn't cancelled. Indeed, we need Easter as much as ever. The discovery of the risen Christ on the first Easter day gave his followers new hope and fresh purpose. And we can all take heart from this. We know that coronavirus will not overcome us. As dark as death can be, particularly for those suffering with grief, 
Light and life are greater. May the living flame of the Easter hope be a steady guide as we face the future. Dr. Aikman, uh, that, that is the queen. Um, she speaks to us in very measured tones and with great dignity, and she hearkens yeah, I, back to uh, a very deep resolve. Tell us what you hear there. Well, what I hear is a woman of deep personal faith who was so intrigued by the message of Billy Graham whenever he was in England that she invariably invited him to Buckingham Palace for a private, a private meeting. And he uh, told me several times that she was a woman of very profound faith and lived her life accordingly. I feel like people trust her deeply. Um, talk, about, talk about your sense of trust in, um, in her as, as a person who we regard as royal. And I don't know, just reflect on that, because that's just not an experience that we have here in the United States. Well, of course, she's the head of state in England. I mean, the president is somebody who's elected. He is the head of state of the United States. But the Queen of England, through a series of historical, or I should say the monarch of England, through a series of historical developments, which included a civil war and the actual execution of one of the kings of England, has turned into a symbol of the nation that people trust. But it's more significant than that, because she has exemplified in her life a quiet dignity in the face of incredible upheavals. I mean, she was uh, a young girl when Edward VIII abdicated as king and his brother George VI became king. And then she became queen at the age of 25 in uh, 1953. She's had to put up with divorces, of her children, her whole family really getting incredibly troubled by extramarital affairs and so forth. And she has maintained not just a dignity, but a real sense of purpose and value that the people of Great Britain really trust her to, to maintain until she dies. Now she's in her late 90s, so that cannot be too far away. All right, let's uh, let's talk about other um, other realities afoot right now. Uh, when we talk about the impacts of border closures in Europe, just talk with us a little bit. Give us a little sense of an update on what is happening in Europe related to the coronavirus. I will just admit to you, things here in the States have gotten pretty focused on what's going on um, just here in our country, and you know we've we just don't have that much attention being focused globally right now. Right. Well, in Europe, the real problem has been that borders have been closed, so that within the EU and within the Europe within the Europe as a whole, workers who are normally hired for seasonal jobs like agriculture have had very great difficulty crossing borders. So in, in Britain, a special uh, charter airline company had to be hired 
to bring in seasonal agricultural workers from Eastern Europe, Poland and Hungary and so forth, in order to keep the crops in Britain from absolutely perishing and having to be destroyed. And that's been a real problem in different parts of Europe. People haven't been able to cross borders as workers when they're needed in other areas where there are insufficient agricultural workers. So it's been a real crackdown on the economy of Europe as a whole. And of course, the economy of most other countries in the world, as it happens. All right. And then let's talk a little bit about the World Health Organization. Um, The United States is essentially defunding our portion. We were the largest contributor. Uh, It looks as if those contributions are now going to be uh, distributed through other global aid organizations. We will see how that works out. Um, David, you and I have to take a very brief break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the World Health Organization, COVID-19, China, um, and then other international news. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Continuing my conversation with Dr. David Aikman from Godspeed Magazine. Dr. Aikman, um, give us your viewpoint on the World Health Organization and what is going on in relationship uh, to them. Well, I think everything about the World Health Organization has to be taken in the context of the way that they have basically supported China and repeated the lies of China from the beginning of this outbreak, they have given a complete free pass to China in terms of not acknowledging that there was a serious endemic in, uh, epidemic in China that was going to become a world pandemic, of the Chinese failing to acknowledge that the, the virus could be transmitted from person to person and not just from eating bat soup or something like that. And the whole the whole narrative of the World Health Organization has been completely hostage to the interests of the Chinese Communist Party in protecting its own prestige. And that interest, that desire not to lose prestige globally, caused the Chinese Communist Party to completely lie about the nature of the virus and how it was being transmitted and how dangerous it was. And so it seems as if the World Health Organization was relying upon uh, China to be honest and then then simply repeating information. I guess I'm wondering how that how that compares to sort of standard operating procedure for the World Health Organization and what it means to be sort of at a point in time when we have, I mean, we know we've got rogue nations around the world who are not going to be honest about a lot of things. And if we have, um, if we have organizations like the World Health Organization, but maybe others who are relying on bad actors to, uh, to tell the truth when we know they're not going to tell the truth, I mean, that just seems like a system fraught with failure fought or, or set up for failure. Well, yes, and I think in the case of the World Health Organization, the general secretary, who is an Ethiopian, had actually worked for one communist-aligned political force in Ethiopia. And 
So his whole ideology was skewed by his belief in the ideology of communism. And when he applied, when he volunteered to take over the role of general secretary of the of the WHO, the Chinese supported him fully. So they obviously were hand in glove with him. And everything they have said, everything the Chinese Communist Party has proclaimed, has been filtered through the expressions about the pandemic of um, of of this man. So it's it's very unfortunate uh, that this has happened. Well, I'm sure you and I are going to circle back around to this topic uh, in future weeks as the impact uh, becomes more and more clear in terms of funding. Let's um, let's talk a little bit about something going on in Northern Ireland. Um, abortion is now legal in Northern Ireland. I suspect still very rare and probably particularly hard to come by. But tell us about this. This is a mammoth shift in uh, in worldview in a generation. It is because the Northern Irish have always espoused basically uh, a fairly frontline Protestant position, a Presbyterian position of total opposition to abortion. And that particular viewpoint finally infiltrated or, or that that view coincided with the view of the Catholic Church in the Irish Republic to the south. Now, the Irish Republic changed its views about three years ago in a referendum. And the north felt under great pressure politically, both from the south and from opponents of, uh, of uh, or proponents of abortion in England to change its posture. So I think this is a significant change in worldview of the Northern Irish Protestants and uh, their leading political exponents. And it, I think it conceals all kinds of other changes that will have a dramatic effect on the the behavior of people in in Northern Ireland. You know, there are people here in the United States, David, who would say you cannot legislate uh, morality. Um, I would argue that that what we what becomes legal in a country, particularly in a country like Northern Ireland or here in the United States, what becomes legal is actually evidence of the morality of the people. Yes, I think that's true. I think it's a short step down a steep slope from uh, basically agreeing to the pro-choice position, agreeing to abort babies, to other changes in morality that have huge effect on marriage and family cohesion. And I think we're going to see probably a decline in cohesion of families in Northern Ireland as a result of this, too. Um, People say you can't legislate morality, but in fact, there have been periods when certain forms of morality were effectively legislated, even in England, um, in the interregnum period between the victory of Oliver Cromwell in the Civil War and the restoration of King Charles II in 1660, there were extensive laws against 
drunkenness, swearing, alcoholism, and so forth, uh, promulgated by the Puritan parliamentary regime that's come to power. And there was significant visible change. And people forget that when George Washington was the commander-in-chief of the Continental Armies against the forces of England in the War of Independence, he had a very stern uh, prohibition on uh, sort of swearing and profanity by any soldier or officer in his army. And that, if, if, you, don't, if you don't consider that legislating morality, what do you consider it? It was definitely a viewpoint that certain Christian behavior was not just tolerable, but, but really should be enforced in ordinary soldiers. So we have uh, some new research uh, here in the United States out by uh, Pew Research that suggests that 50 percent of the American population does not think that the Bible should influence laws here in this country. Um, I suspect that, um, you know, that that we are going to continue to talk about that here on the program in the future. But it does it 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 does portend bad things when we arrive at the place where we as a people do not think that the primary uh, that the primary book upon which Western civilization uh, is is structured that we don't think that that book should influence uh, the governance and laws of our land. And so, uh, pray for us across the pond, and we will pray for you as well. Okay, thank you. I certainly will come, and it's a very important uh, turning point in in the wrong direction, I think, for American civilization to turn away from the Bible. I wholeheartedly agree with you. I'm, uh, I'm going to quote you. It is a short step off uh, down a deep slope. Thank you so much for joining us again today, David. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Bob. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. We'll be right back. All right. I, I have um, a goss up to share with you from listener Douglas in Minneapolis. Uh, so here is some gossip, and his gossip is actually a gas up. He says, the night before Palm Sunday, my furnace simply stopped working. No heat inside the house. It was 35 degrees outside. I called our local gas company at 6.30 a.m. That'd be Palm Sunday morning. Uh, they said they could send a service person to my house between 8 a.m. and noon, but the serviceman, because he lived close by, arrived at 8. He found and fixed the problem within a short time, and thankfully my house was soon warm again. So thank you, Minneapolis Gas Company. There's a little goss up in the form of a gas up. Uh, so a little goss up there directed at the Minneapolis Gas Company. Who are you going to direct your goss up toward today? Uh, I want to I wanna redeem the tattletale. That's what I'm, uh, it's a little bit what, what I'm up to today. You can check it out on Facebook. I'm collecting your stories there. We're collecting your good news stories um, also at MyFaithRadio.com. Love to hear the good news stories that you are experiencing, that you're hearing, let's tell some good on one another today. I call it goss up, right? Let's get out there and let's uh, be positive tattletales today. Let's be telling the good news of the gospel, certainly, and let's be um, bearing witness, not against our neighbors, but about what our neighbors are doing in terms of bringing good in the midst of this pandemic. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on Mornings with Carmen. Have a great day. God bless. 
Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.